Virtual Legality is a YouTube video series with audio podcast versions presented as commentary and for education and entertainment purposes only. It does not constitute legal advice and does not create an attorney-client relationship. If you have legal questions about the topics discussed, please consult your own legal counsel. Honestly, you don't want to be taking generic legal advice from a YouTube channel or podcast in any event. On with the show. Never Tell Me the Odds, Loot Boxes on Trial with the FTC. Hello and welcome to another episode of Virtual Legality. I'm your host, Richard Hogue, managing partner of the Hogue Law Business Law Firm of Northville, Michigan. And today we're going back to that topic that we've discussed on previous episodes of Virtual Legality throughout 2019, and even for a short time before that, and that is the topic of loot boxes, which, as it turns out, are being discussed in a workshop conducted by the FTC today. And one of the pieces of news, what I would be willing to guess will be the largest piece of news to come out of this workshop, is the fact that Nintendo, Microsoft, and Sony have taken some kind of step to force developers to put the loot tables, essentially the drop rates for various things to come out of their loot boxes, if they're going to publish the games on their platform. That being said, if you couldn't tell from the tone of voice that I used, there are some questions as to what exactly was promised in respect of these drop rate tables. And so I want to talk about the actual statements that are made. The context that they have been made in, if you don't follow virtual legality, you haven't seen Senator Hawley's proposed bills for loot boxes or how he proposes to use the Federal Trade Commission to enforce those rules. Uh, And you just aren't always up to speed on everything loot box, then hopefully we can give a little context to what's happening today. So let's take a look at this Verge article that went up within the last hour about this story because I think it's interesting and I think it does highlight some of the issues uh, that I have with the the reporting on this, at least that I'm seeing so far on social media and what it is that's been promised to be done. Nintendo, Microsoft, and Sony commit to drop rate disclosures for new games with loot boxes. So there's a couple things there that did a good job in their headline. Commit is really the word that I want you to focus on. Uh, When we talk about a commitment to something, when I think of it as a commercial transactional attorney, I'm thinking about it as essentially the term sheet stage. Uh, If you're not familiar with major transactions, essentially before you hire the lawyers and the accountants to go and make 600 pages of documents in order to uh, document a sale of a company or sale of assets or something along those lines, the first thing that you do is you agree on the terms in a term sheet which are essentially the bullet points. Uh, And you say, all right, other side, if we can agree on these bullet points, then we can go through the hard work of putting these documents together. When I see commitment here, what I'm actually seeing is something in the future that Sony, Microsoft, and Nintendo have said, sure, ESA, and the ESA are the Entertainment Software Association, the trade body for publishers and developers in the video game industry that was giving this commentary to the Federal Trade Commission. They said, sure, ESA, we'll do something later on a phone call, in an email, something along those lines. And when you have that kind of commitment, things can change. Uh, The details haven't been discussed. The details might surprise you when you get to the end of the thing. And so that's what I really want to point out in this video is that while this is big news, I'm seeing it filter through all of my timelines right now. Uh, It is a few steps away from fruition, and it might look very different than what you might be imagining. 
And a lot of that comes from the fact that why is it being announced today? And that's really because of the Federal Trade Commission. And we're going to talk about that as well as the history of the ESRB uh, a little bit. So reading this article, the three major video game console manufacturers, Microsoft, Sony, and Nintendo, committed to requiring all publishers of games on their respective platforms to disclose the odds of receiving types of in-game items from loot boxes in future titles on Wednesday. The video game industry group, the Entertainment Software Association, announced the new initiative at a loot box workshop at the Federal Trade Commission. Along with the top console makers, a number of video game publishers already include drop rates, while others have agreed to do so by the end of 2020. These include Activision Blizzard, Bandai Namco, Bethesda, Bungie, EA Take-Two Interactive, Ubisoft, Warner Brothers, and Wizards of the Coast. According to the ESA, other publishers are also considering the disclosure too. They will need to be included to be published for the Xbox, PlayStation, or consoles like the Nintendo Switch. Other platforms like PC are not included in this commitment, which of course raises the question, who would you go ask on the PC to require this commitment? I guess Steam and Epic and, and GOG maybe? Uh, but otherwise, the PC is basically famous for being an open platform, and so it's a little bit more difficult to enforce these kinds of rules outside of societal norms. Uh, you know, you see in the mobile game space, you see in some other spaces that essentially it has become the custom to reveal the drop rates for a lot of uh, loot boxes and loot box-like mechanics like gotcha games. Some of that comes from international regulation. If you've got a big presence in Asia, a number of those countries have required you to publish drop rates. And so some of that comes over to the United States and some of it doesn't. But in terms of the PC, it would be very unlikely that you could enforce it on anything big except for perhaps uh, the, the Steams and the Epics of the world. Continuing with the article, the video game industry relies on creating and sustaining relationships with our players based on fun, but just as importantly on trust, the ESA said in an announcement blog post Wednesday. Trust being an interesting word for the ESA this week, but we won't dwell on that. Just go check out the video that I did on the doxing of all the E3 media folks by the ESA. One of the hallmarks of our industry is that we don't just create entertainment value for our players. We listen to them. The exact timing of this disclosure requirement is still being worked out, according to the ESA, but the companies hope to roll it out in 2020. I can't even tell you how much equivocation there is in that paragraph alone, but essentially the timing isn't set, and everybody hopes that it'll be done by 2020, presumably to match the release of the new Xbox and the new PlayStation. But this is, again, all kind of smoke and mirrors because we've got a commitment. We're going to look at the actual statement that the ESA made to the Federal Trade Commission in just a second because that's in a different article. But we've got a commitment to do something in the future with basically all the details yet to be worked out. And, and what does that mean? You might think to yourself, well, a drop rate table is a drop rate table, Rick. What could they possibly do? But as a lawyer, I think of interesting ways to handle term sheets and what we can add in while still maintaining a, a closeness to the spirit of what was actually agreed as part of the bullet points. And I say, all right, if we just agree to have a drop rate table, can we put tiers in? Can the drop rate table essentially be less than 10%, between 10 and 90 and greater than 90%? Does that satisfy the requirements for a drop rate table? Or the other way of looking at it, what if we put the exact percentages, but we combine loot? What if we have a bunch of things that could pop out at the 1% level and we only show that? Is that an actual drop rate table? I think you'd argue to me, oh no, Rick, that's not what I mean. That's not what would fulfill the spirit of the requirement here. But the spirit of the requirement here doesn't exist. All they've said is that they'll do something later and presumably with their new consoles. And the reason they're doing that, the reason that this is all happening is because it's in the shadow of government regulation. The Federal Trade Commission in putting this thing together 
actually says in describing the workshop that's happening today, the staff of the Federal Trade Commission will examine consumer protection issues related to video game loot boxes at a public workshop today in Washington, D.C. And you can go and you can read this description. I will link it in the description to this video. But basically, this is all premised, as you would expect from a government regulatory body, on the concept that, hey, maybe there's something that needs regulation here. Okay, that's fine. That's what the Federal Trade Commission does. But the industry understands that. The developers and the publishers understand that. The purpose of this workshop is essentially phase one for what could ultimately be Senate hearings and passage of bills. We discussed Senator Hawley's terrible, terrible loot box bill in a video that is called something like the terrible, terrible loot box bill, which I highly recommend checking out on this channel. It's a little bit long. I think it's more than an hour. But basically, you've got legislators in Washington right now ready to make their hay, ready to make their public persona larger by attacking certain things that are happen happening within the video game industry. So at that point in time, the electronic, uh, the Entertainment Software Association, the ESA, is essentially charged. Really, their only purpose is to combine the forces and the resources of the video game industry to go and talk to the government about what they shouldn't do because, for the most part, we got this. And that's what they wound up saying today to the Federal Trade Commission workshop. This is the Game Industry Biz article, which is titled Nintendo, Sony, Microsoft to Require Loot Box Odds Disclosure, which I don't like as much as the Verge headline because it doesn't talk about commitment and everything else. But we can actually see the phrase that they used. That said, we are doing more, Warnicky said. And Warnicky is Michael Warnicky, who is the chief counsel uh, of tech policy for the ESA. I'm pleased to announce this morning that Microsoft, Nintendo, and Sony have indicated to the ESA a commitment to new platform policies with respect to the use of paid loot boxes in games that are developed for their platform. So just stepping back, it's a commitment, and it's not a formal commitment. They don't have a writing. They don't have an email. They've indicated to the ESA. The ESA called up the Microsoft General Counsel, said, hey, we're getting some flack from the Federal Trade Commission and the government. Would you think about doing something about this soon? He said, sure. You know what? We'll, we'll, we'll commit to taking a look at that. Maybe we'll even commit to uh, having something that will describe the drop rates of loot boxes. We'll figure it out later. You have that call with Nintendo. You have that call with Sony. And then you are able to put a paper in front of the Federal Trade Commission that says, Federal Trade Commission, you don't need to worry about this. We got this. And in fact, the transparency on drop rates was something that the IGDA, which is the International Game Developers Association, called for uh, before their chief uh, wound up leaving last year. And I think there's a video on that as well uh, in this channel called Lootbox Lowdown. But they called for transparency. They called for uh, education. They called for additional children uh, protections. And if you follow virtual legality, you know that my position on this is that we shouldn't make legislation based solely on protecting the children, but the industry should definitely take steps to mandate that when you've got things that are even remotely gambling adjacent, like loot boxes, that you, you wind up mandating that a credit card be shown, be evidenced at the time of purchase, rather than allowing kind of uh, you know prepaid cards to be used for that or potentially getting around a prohibition on credit cards in another way. And I say that because credit cards, if they're being used properly, uh, are only really available for uh, folks in the age of majority, folks that can sign a contract, folks that we aren't necessarily worried about when we're talking about legislation for the children. Uh, continuing with his statement, Michael Warnicky's statement, he says specifically this commitment would apply to new games and game updates that add loot box features, so it's not retroactive, and it would require the disclosure of the relative rarity or probabilities of obtaining randomized virtual items in games that are available on their platforms. 
Interesting enough, that statement also goes back to what I said about what are we expecting from this would require the disclosure of the relative rarity or probabilities. Relative rarity is already disclosed, isn't it? When you think about an Overwatch loot box opening up, you already have a different colors that indicate the level of rarity of what you just opened, right? You're supposed to think better about the fact that you just got a legendary versus a common. That's a relative rarity. And so if you just say, hey, these are the relative rarities, technically speaking, I think you could just say, hey, we were already disclosing that in 2020. And so as a lawyer, I look at this, I parse it out. This is why you're listening to virtual legality. And you probably think, Rick, you're a cynical guy. But in truth, I'm just a guy that deals with language a lot. And I know from uh, essentially my entire career, when you're talking about dealing with third-party regulators, whether that's the IRS or the SEC or the FTC, the goal of this workshop for the industry is to get out of here with everybody not thinking we need to legislate and we need to regulate this industry right now. So the ESA making this statement to the Federal Trade Commission is designed by its very nature to get in there and say, we are handling this. You don't need to worry about it. But at the same time, to also maybe not bind them to something that they could be charged with violating in the future. So you have a lot of what we might call, if we were inclined to be cynical, weasel words. That's something that you'll hear in the legal profession quite often to make what appears to be a very strong statement, a significantly weaker statement. And that's what I'm here for is to look at this and say, well, that's a pretty weak statement. And you know, if you follow virtual legality in general, I'm okay with that. I'm okay with people being allowed to do what they want to do with loot boxes. I do think the industry can take better steps to protect children. But really, that's what the ESA was there for. And if you're too young or if you didn't follow virtual legality before, we have discussed this issue in the past. The Entertainment Software Ratings Board, which is the the, uh, entity that puts those little ratings in the corner of your video games. Why does it exist? I've pulled up the Wikipedia article to pull this sentence out. But it says the ESRB was established in 1994 by the Entertainment Software Association, then the Interactive Digital Software Association, in response to criticism of controversial video games with excessively violent or sexual content. For the record, that excessively violent and sexual content was the game Night Trap on the Sega CD and some other systems, and the violence was from Mortal Kombat, both examples of which would likely be seen as laughable examples of excessive violence or sexual content in the year 2019, But it was in the face of those Senate hearings, it was in the face of that controversy and those questions and people playing Mortal Kombat on the Senate floor that caused the ESRB to be formed, that caused the developers and the publishers of video games to get together and say, all right, we need to get out in front of this because the government isn't the best person to regulate our industry. Or if it does regulate the industry, it could have significant deleterious side effects on our ability to compete and on problems for people getting into the industry or otherwise trying to succeed. I pulled here just a few tweets. I highly recommend checking this out if you're at all interested in this today. This is likely to go up actually before the last panels are concluded from the Federal Trade Commission. I've got here uh, the hashtag on Twitter, which is LootboxFTC. But I just wanted to highlight this issue because this is the Federal Trade Commission and they've put this this workshop together. They've put this hashtag together and they have a few comments here that I just wanted to kind of highlight. They say they're describing what one of their panelists is saying, what one of their speakers is saying in the, in this workshop. They say gaming community kind of wants limited government regulation or more guidance. And I think broadly speaking, that's an accurate ish description of what was said. But then if you look up two tweets, you've got a description from another uh, Twitter user, Katie McAuliffe, who says, 
uh, and actually uses quotes that the, the, the one of the things that this same speaker said was reactionary, poorly designed legislation or regulation will cost American jobs and make us less competitive in the global game industry. Now, unfortunately, I was working this morning. I wasn't able to see this live, but you can see the disconnect just in those descriptions. The FTC doesn't otherwise describe what was said in this particular portion of the speech, uh, but they say, okay, you want some kind of government oversight. And what he probably said in this instance was, yes, we might want some additional guidance, but if you do this the wrong way, you are going to hurt us. And of course, the FTC, which I'm not blaming them for, heard, oh, maybe you want some more guidance and maybe not as much the second part, which is all a long way of saying the same FTC, this Federal Trade Commission, is the body that Senator Josh Hawley would charge with governing loot boxes and governing the video game industry and deciding when things were unfair or pay to win or any of the other things that he highlights in his proposed bill. And you look at what the FTC has put up here, and I'm not blaming them. It's just a matter of technology and what they're focused on. And this is pretty low on their list of things, to be, all, to be honest with you, that they are not really fully understanding of the issues at play in the video game industry. They are not really fully understanding of the issues at play with loot boxes or microtransactions or pay to win. And the industry is well advised to be doing all that it can to internally self-regulate rather than have a third party, which is notoriously, just in terms of the federal government, notoriously behind the times on technological understanding, coming in with a sweeping stick and changing everything about what it is that they are doing. So this Federal Trade Commission workshop is step one. I don't know that there's a strong appetite to pursue this particular issue in Washington past this step. But if it does, in fact, happen, if Senator Hawley's uh, bill winds up being considered in a more formal way than just him introducing it, which I would doubt, but it could happen. If another senator has a better drafted bill to address this issue or otherwise wants to increase their public profile by highlighting this issue in the face of the Federal Trade Commission or in the face of even the weakness of the statement made by the ESA that I've highlighted in this virtual legality, if that happens, this is going to get a lot worse for the industry before it gets better. And so every specific step that you're hearing about today, including the references to drop rate loot box tables and everything else, is designed for one purpose and one purpose alone, to get out in front of the government, to get out in front of the Federal Trade Commission and convince them that they don't need to worry about this issue right now, that there are bigger fish to fry and you should leave us alone because we're going to take care of this. We're going to take care of this soon. Uh, you didn't really hear 2020 highlighted in a number of the articles, but I did like that that The Verge highlighted that in particular. And, and we're going to take care of it soon. And why don't you go handle some bigger problems uh, at the Federal Trade Commission level? One of the other things that actually popped up in that thread that I was seeing is there was some discussion about the Federal Trade Commission's advertiser guidelines and whether or not influencers were following uh, the right disclosures for sponsored ads and things like that, which is, again, another topic we have talked about a lot in virtual legality. But it is one of those kinds of slights of hand where, yes, that might be a problem, uh, and it certainly is a problem for a number of influencers, and it's a tangential problem for the video game industry, but it's not existential. It's not their revenue streams. It's not their loot boxes. It's something that you can pawn off on someone else, whether that's Twitch or Mixer or the influencers themselves. And so you can kind of see them trying to distract 
the Federal Trade Commission with a shiny ball over here and to talk about other things that aren't directly related to the loot box question, which, again, I don't blame them for. Everybody is acting in their own interest. The Federal Trade Commission, the video game industry, the ESA, the developers, the publishers, some of the uh, watchdog groups that are talking today at the workshop. I don't blame anybody for saying anything that they are motivated to say to try to move the regulations where they want them to prevent the regulations from occurring. Uh, But I think it's important to note essentially the context of this. And this comes from someone who has dealt very often with third party government regulators. And this is exactly the kind of thing that you would expect. So, yes, they've agreed that there will be a drop rate table of some kind at some point in the future, maybe. Uh, But we're committed to it. So who knows? It'll probably be just around the corner and exactly the way you're expecting. Probably not. But that's virtual legality. If you like this video, please like, please subscribe. Otherwise, thank you for watching on YouTube. Thank you for listening to it on a podcast. Share it around with whoever you think might be interested. And I will catch you on the very next episode of Virtual Legality.